And you've done UTMB, I mean, how's that compare? It's not as bad. No, it's not as bad, but with UTMB, you don't have a hundred and, I don't know, what are we up to? 120 miles on your legs? Yeah. So real quick, before we start the episode, definitely check out YouTube. I just put a pacing 50 miles of Moab 240 video out so you can get some behind the scenes views on, on what took place with Lucia and I out there for 50 miles of it. So really appreciate that. And then upcoming really soon, we're going to have a episode with the Shalvoys. It'll be an in-studio interview. Um, Graham will talk a lot about winning his first big 50-mile race. And then we'll hear how Corinne's first 100-miler went. So can't wait to release those. And here's a, a really great episode on Moab 240. Hey everyone, I'm Lucia Leonard, otherwise known as Running Dutchie on social media. I'm an ultra runner, mum to Gobi, and just an all-round adventurer, out for a good time and a long time, and yeah, looking forward to talking all about Moab 240. Hi everybody, my name is Alicia Jenkins. I am also an ultra runner. I work as a physical therapist assistant. Um, I'm a team run run uh, running coach. And yeah, just looking forward to talking about um, mine and Lucia's adventures at the Moab 240. And you're listening to the Training for Ultra podcast. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. A great cause. Oh, thank you. I just put it out, man, so... Keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey, everyone. It's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? If I could, you know, finish a 50-miler, I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. Welcome to episode 192 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a great episode. We're talking to Lucia Leonard and Alicia Jenkins. Alicia took third place at Moab 240 this year. Lucia took fifth place both in the female category. They're just awesome people. I was really excited to hear more about how both of their races went. And hopefully along the uh, conversation, you can pick up some tips for your own races as well. Just really fascinating people. And hopefully you enjoy this episode. Welcome. Uh, you guys had a, a fairly good Moab 240. And I'm just excited to, you know, chat with both of you. So Thank you for joining me. Thanks for and having us on. Alicia got third place at the Moab 240. Lucia got fifth place. So these are two of the top female finishers. They're both coaches. And most importantly, they're just nice people. I enjoyed uh, hanging out, chatting with them during the race. And this will be nice to, to hear a little bit more about what took place out there. So... I'll I'll open it up. I mean, where do you guys want to start? I think the listener knows about this race by now. It's 
the notorious 240 mile race out in Moab, Utah. Um, this year was different though. And, uh, Alicia, do you want to give us background on like what's taking place kind of morning of the race and some weather yeah. background and, and kind of lay the stage? Yeah. So I guess, um, I don't know how early it was before the race, maybe a few days before the race, there was all this talk of, um, potential snow on the course. So they were maybe going to have to think about rerouting the course and they would update us and let us know. Um, and actually they, they decided on a snow route they were going to do. Um, and so program that into our phone because you have to have the map downloaded on your phone of the route. Um, that's one of the requirements of the race. So I had that all downloaded, the new snow route. And then we got there the day before the race. And I guess there had been another change. They had decided to go with a, another new snow route that was even lower because it looked like there was going to be a pretty bad storm coming in with um, tons of snow wind hail rain sleet um and that storm was supposed to move in i believe they were thinking what was it like late late monday uh to tuesday was when the storm was supposed to move in so they decided to go with this newer no route um that i had to figure out how to download on my phone because i usually download it on my computer on my phone so that kind of stressed me out a little bit it's like oh no i don't know how to do this um but thankfully i have some good friends who downloaded it onto my gaia via their computers um and got it figured out so yeah it was kind of like rough planning because there's potential for the weather to be very very hot but also potential for it to be very very cold so i just i told my pacers just bring everything <laughs> bring everything <laughs> that you could potentially think you might need bring it all and just be prepared for a supper fest. Um, so yeah, that was like the day before trying to prepare for this. And well, I mean, first I'll, I'll say Gaia, the Gaia app. I couldn't wait after the triple crown to delete it. <laughs> Me and Gaia have, uh, we had a, a fallout there. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, after after using it for four races and like anytime you're referencing Gaia, you're lost, you're pissed off. Like mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it wasn't a healthy relationship. So I was not excited to have to re-download it for Lucia while I was pacing her. Um, I love Gaia though. It's, it's like my best friend because it saves me every time you're like, ah, I can't see a ribbon. Where am I? Am I off trail? It's like just so reassuring to pull that up and go, oh, there's the trail. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, that's my relationship, I think, with Gaia, too. I, I, I love it. I'm so used to it. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super easy to use. Um, yeah. And Lucia, we went through a similar uh, situation, like trying to pack like our, our mm -hmm. whole crew and everyone pacing we brought like twice as much as needed because we just weren't sure what was going to happen. Yeah. And we had obviously your experience and my husband Dion, he'd done the triple in 2018 and he'd been caught out in the snowstorm with knee deep snow. And he ended up spooning his pacer who had got hypothermia. So it was conscious in all of our minds that none of us really wanted to be spooning as much as I love all my girls and Rob 
you know, it was like, okay, let's make sure we've got so much stuff and gloves and hotties hand warmers and thermals. Like, let's just over-prepare. So I'm really glad that we did because yeah. I think at one point I had on like five top layers and two sets of trousers and <laughs> it's that's, just crazy. That's the unknown story of the Triple Crown in 2018. Dion, yeah. Dion Leonard uh, <laughs> <Spooning>. had deciding... <laughs> I'd rather like help my pacer than win the triple crown. And he like <laughs> helped her for several hours. And I think he took second place by several hours. So yeah, which yeah. I think in the long run was probably the right decision than just leaving your pacer in <laughs> the <die>. snow. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not real good for your reputation. <laughs> but that's the unknown story just for the listeners background. He, he literally had to decide like, do I, win the triple and, and leave her behind or do I kind of have to look after her and ends up having to basically like save her life sort of <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. anyways uh, so Lucia were you feeling good when you started seeing rain I mean in the forecast and then I got to hear about both of you guys like how the first 10 20 miles goes because I've never seen it rain in Moab I've been out there a few <laughs> times yeah, well, it certainly added to the mental challenge. And I think, you know, I've been living in the UK. So for me, previous to being in the US for, I mean, I've been in the US now nearly two years, but previous to that was like the UK. So I'm used to pretty crap weather and running in the rain. So I'm not scared of that. Um, but it does like it adds in a whole other element in Moab because those rocks get super, super slippery. And I was coming down Moab Rim Trail to that second checkpoint to Amasa back. And luckily I was kind of just getting towards the bottom when it started to get um, pretty slippery. So, and it just, yeah, kind of freaks you out in terms of how slippery is it going to be like further on on Jackson's Ladder and things like that where, you know, I had some advice to say, you know, be really careful down there, don't slip, don't break a bone. So for me, that was, yeah, it was more the worry of slipping in terms of the rain itself. I still felt it was really warm and I could see lots of people putting on waterproof jackets and putting on waterproof trousers and I'm like, I'm still running in a skirt and a shirt because it's like, super warm so it'd be like boil in a bag so the the rain I actually kind of enjoyed the temperature of the rain just didn't like how it made the conditions underfoot you know at one point I think my shoes were weighing you know an extra 10 pounds it felt like because they were just so heavy with mud just sticking on them um, and yeah just sliding down the rock so having to take it a little slower for the first sort of 30 to 50 miles, which probably isn't a bad thing in hindsight because it just kind of keeps you, yeah, keeps you a bit slow and keeps your heart rate under control. So not a bad thing. I was, I was mm -hmm. concerned there were going to be flash floods um, because Moab <laughs> yeah. and I mean, the, the, the rocks are carved the way they are out there because it like, you know, there's torrential downpours and then <laughs> mud. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Alicia, yeah. what was what was going on for you? Um, I know uh, you were at Amasabak. You took uh, maybe twice as long as Lucia, um, just making sure everything was good, taking time through that aid station. But you were also way ahead. Um, you were probably maybe 30 minutes ahead of her. Um, what was going on for you? Were you concerned you went out too hard or, or what was going through your head uh, there? You know, well, for me, coming from the Pacific Northwest, uh, the rain was like perfect for me. Um, and like Lucia said, it was 
it was like it was warm i was i was just wearing my um like a tank top at that point and i think when i got to masa back i switched to a lighter long sleeve but i still i don't think i had my rain jacket on because i was going to get too warm um and it never really like downpoured either it's just kind of like this nice light little sprinkle which was like just enough to cool me off um because initially i was worried about the heat in moab coming from somewhere where it's not hot so the rain was like it was perfect for me um getting to a masa back i wasn't i was trying not to think about like what place or anything i was in not worrying about it and just trying to take it super easy um trying not to get caught up in these other groups of runners that were going like faster um so anytime i was with a group of people i would just try and like either like back off from them, maintain my own pace, not worry about what they were doing. Cause I thought, I mean, a Mossa back is only like 18 miles in, like there's so much more race to go, um, at that point. So I felt like I was holding back decently. My problem is I always start out too fast. Um, anyways, so I felt like I was holding my back myself back, um, a good amount there. Um, And then, yeah, after that point, I knew I wouldn't see um, my crew again for another 50 miles. So I just wanted to, like, double check everything. I think I changed my socks at that point, even though I probably didn't really necessarily need to. But I am just all about prevention. Um, So if I can change my socks whenever I can, I was going to and just do a quick feet check. Um, So, yeah, and leaving that station... I felt, I felt pretty good. I took, I was like to take a to-go snack. So took a, what they have like wraps, took a wrap there with me and just kind of went on my way, um, walking out of the aid station. And I think we had a little climb, um, up after that. And yeah, it was, it was just feeling pretty good. Like, uh, like we said, the, the rain made the rocks a little slippery not too bad, um, but it was more of the clay, the kind of the mud, um, that whatever that stuff that dirt is on the ground, that red Moab dirt, it just turns into heavy clay. And uh, yeah, like we just said, at one point I was just walking like my feet now weigh 10 extra pounds as if, you know, running 240 miles isn't hard enough. Let's go <laughs> and add like some weight to our feet because this will be fun. <laughs> Were you nervous at all? Like you seem so calm, like in collected and under control. And I know you're only, you're less than 20 miles in, but were you nervous at all? Um, yeah, I would say I was, I was nervous. I think maybe I'm pretty good at faking it. (laughs) Um, it was still so surreal at that point in the beginning, you know, this has been something I've been training for, for probably a couple of years. Um, a lot of my races that I've tried to do have gotten canceled so to finally be running this race it almost i was having like this out-of-body kind of experience like oh my gosh i'm really doing i'm really doing this thing right now so and then i had a I camera think that was a little your, bit of it i had a camera in your face so that probably helped oh too. <laughs> it was it was great you got some great pictures uh i love it that you got able to get my boyfriend um who was my only crew at that point so that was great. And thanks for all the help too. Cause, um, it's nice to have, you know, just one other person there to help with things as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy to throw out advice or whatever. Uh, and the irony was you putting that buff up 
you were the the one that came up with the idea like hey can you make a pink buff like that's what i would like and so the irony of one of the only like photos i've taken of uh someone actually running you mm-hmm. know with the buff on was the the person who came up with the idea um yeah I think I was the only buff I wore the whole time. I had all these other buffs, but I, was, I just like, I didn't need to switch. I so I just left ask. it on the whole time. <laughs> I was going to ask <laughs> how many like, you had and, um, yeah. Wow. So you wore one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe you didn't bring me a pink buff rope. You know, I love pink. I, I did. <laughs> I did. Um, I, I brought several, um, anyways, Lucia wouldn't have wore it anyways. She doesn't. <laughs> I would have. I would have wore it. <laughs> For sure. That was actually, believe it or not, that's what um, I was recommending for Lucia was, hey, like, bring a bunch of, they're called wraps because Buff, I think, has the trademark behind them. Um, oh, yeah. So wraps. we have to call them wraps, unfortunately. But uh, during races, there's nothing worse than, um, there's nothing worse than having like a wet buff and having it get cold and then freezing solid. So. Yeah. All um, covered in snot and just all, yeah, it gets a little bit minging at times. So sometimes you do need to change it out. I'm Ethan Wayne, director of the John Wayne cancer foundation. And I'm Molly, the race director for the John Wayne grit series. My father, John Wayne asked my family and I to use his name to help find a cure for cancer. So we started the Grit Series. It's a series of 5Ks, 10Ks, and half marathons that take place in the most beautiful and rugged landscapes across the Southwest, including places where John Wayne shot some of his most famous movies. That's right. And all the race proceeds go towards cancer research and prevention programs. We're asking you to join us and bring your courage, strength, and grit to the fight against cancer. For more information on a race near you, visit us at johnwayne.org. That's johnwayne.org. Stay dusty. Big thank you to Exoskin. So they have a new t-shirt. It's 100% cotton, two colors, black and neon green with white logo on the front. And a hashtag show us your skin and at Exoskin USA on the back. They are $26.50 each without a discount available but still just really appreciate their support. So check out the show links um, for that link to Exoskin. Also, big thank you to Tannery Outdoors. If you're interested, use uh, the promo code ULTRA10 for 10% off. But this is just a great company. You know, it's designed for runners by runners. Uh, the founder is an ultra runner. And it's an all-natural mineral-based product, which... In this era of, of sunscreen recalls and everything taking place there, it's just comforting knowing um, this, this is a, a good, honest company and um, it, it cares about the ultra running community. It cares about the trails and in the national parks and state parks. I think 1% of their sales goes back into the park systems and they, they definitely support, you know, some really great ultra runners and ultra running podcasts. And so, Lucia, were you experienced the same thing with the like the clay on on the bottoms of your shoes? Because I did, I changed your shoes. I don't know if you remember at Indian Creek, 
And your shoes did weigh a lot. And I think Dion's like, do you really need to change your shoes? And then after we... I was so glad to change them there. That was because, yeah, my feet were wet and wanted a fresh pair of socks and get the shoes off. And actually changing the shoes, I then stuck in the same shoes until the very last section um and they they stayed clean and dry the rest of the time so yeah it was good to change them then for sure and they're now in the i mean i i want to hear from both of you getting getting to that mile i'd say 71 ish mark mm-hmm. where you start picking up pacers and you get to see your crew again what was it like getting there because it can be lonely it can be a long stretch if you mess up and like, you know, lose a bag of nutrition um, <laughs> going down Jacob's ladder, Jackson's ladder. Um, so, Alicia, I mean, how was mm-hmm. getting to that point? And then I want to hear, Alicia, how you felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting that point was that section actually wasn't too bad because it was all all road um and it was dark which was helpful i think for me too because i couldn't see how far the road was you know just focused on like one foot in front of the other the thing that was tough on that section for me was it would start raining a little bit and then i'd be like okay do i need to put on my waterproof rain jacket um and so then I'd, be, I'd wait be like okay it's probably gonna stop raining and then it'd keep raining and get harder so i'd take off my pack put on my rain jacket, put on my pack, keep going. And then lo and behold, the rain would stop. And then I'm too hot because it was pretty warm that night. So then I'd get hot. I'm like, okay, fine. It's not, it hasn't been raining for a little bit. Stop, take off the pack, take off the jacket, put it pack back on, get going. And then I swear it'd be like two minutes later. Oh, here comes a little bit of rain again. And like, I don't mind the rain, but then it would start like getting harder. So I'm like, oh man, okay, I'm just going to wait it out, <laughs> see if it stops. Um, and then I would wait like a minute or two and keep going. So I'd stop, take off my pack, put on my jacket, then get going again. And then it would stop. So I did that like five or six times on that section. It was so frustrating. So, um, yeah. Not, not to cut you off. This is like, this comes from experience, right? I mean, And Mm -hmm. I think this is important for people to learn about, like explain why you're doing this because I've made the mistake of I'm either too lazy and don't want to keep my coat on or off. Mm -hmm. Don't make the change. And then down the road, I have some major issues. Like explain kind of what your logic is there. So I guess the logic is if, you know, if I end up just getting wet and it's dark then that could lead to me getting cold. It could also lead to more like chafing issues. And at this point, we're only like uh, 65-ish miles in the race and there's a lot more race to go. So I didn't want to have to deal with any of that later. Um, And then with taking the coat off, it was just, I would just get too hot and then I'd be overheated. Um, And then that would just tire me out that much more. So Um, as annoying as it was to stop and take off the pack and do all that stuff, I think it's, it's just so much better in a race this long in a shorter race, you could probably get away without having to do that. But in a race of this distance, it's just not worth it. It's kind of like, if you feel like you have a rock or something in your shoe, don't wait until the next aid station to take it out. Stop, take the time now to take it out because otherwise it's going to kill you down the road 
Totally. Um, I've, I've left my yeah. coat on mm-hmm. overheated. You're mm-hmm. perspiring more. So you get dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Then you might have stomach issues. Then you can't mm-hmm. eat. Then you can't recover from bonking because you can't get food mm-hmm. down. And it just, yeah, it, the, it's horrible. Like one thing leads to another and it's all because you're lazy and don't take your coat off to keep your <laughs> mm-hmm. temperature correct. So, um, yeah, well, not even lazy because sometimes it, it takes time, you know, coat on, coat off. It, it all takes time. So I think sometimes it's not laziness, but it's also like this sort of panic of, oh, my God, I'm wasting more and more time sort of switching in and out. But that can save you more time in the long run, of course. Lucia, were you doing the same thing? Were you having, I think you only had one coat. No. You didn't have the heavy coat. Like No, the- I didn't. Um, I didn't put a coat on. I'm stubborn, I was, and I actually I run really hot. So for me, I knew as soon as I'd put a coat on that I would just be taking it straight back off. So I actually stopped and put on arm sleeves, and I was literally arm sleeves up, arm sleeves down, arm sleeves up, arm sleeves down. Um, and by the time I actually got to Indian Creek, because obviously it was dark and even though it was a warm evening, it was, you know, I was wet and it was starting to drop a little bit. So I was just kind of bordering on that point of, I really need to stop and put a coat on. But I was just, you know, when you know the checkpoints there and it's like, come on, just get to the checkpoint and then you'll be able to get warmed up. So yeah, it was just sticking to the arm sleeves, which just saw me through. But if the checkpoint had been another couple of miles, I would have had to put a jacket on at some point, I think. Um, but yeah, I run pretty hot. So (laughs) that was good. I mean, I have to say like, I, I'm kind of jealous because the two times I've done this race, it's super hot first day. Um, especially last year, which I didn't run it. Um, it, the hardest part is like you get sunburn on day one, like you're kind of screwed come day three or like you overheat. You're in the desert 20 miles. 25 miles like between aid stations in that like level of heat and if you're not on top of things it gets so hard so i'm like part of me is like really jealous and then also i saw the amount of suffering you both went through and i wasn't jealous of that so (laughs) Um, but let's hear more about both your um you know the amount of time it takes to get to mile 71 i mean it's it gets dark and cold pretty quick there Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. I mean, I was super glad to get there and I actually had a 25 minute nap in the back of the car. Um, And this is the first time I've run with paces. Um, So I was really conscious as well that you would be waiting there for me, Rob. And I was thinking, I really need to have a sleep, but I don't want to leave you waiting. Like you're ready, you know, you're pumped, ready to go. And then I'd come in and be like, oh, I'm going to have a nap for two hours. So that's why I sort of said, right, I'm going to have 25 minutes and Dion had actually met me just outside the checkpoint and walked in with me. And he'd actually told me about some of the dramas that my crew had had. So to sort of give me a bit of extra motivation um, to, to keep going, because like one, well, a pair of my crew, Emily and Kate, they'd had their flight delayed from Chattanooga to Salt Lake City. And they were supposed to be flying from Salt Lake to Moab. But because of their delays, and there's only one flight from Salt Lake to, Mo- to Moab, they'd missed their flight, and they ended up having to get an Uber from Salt Lake City to Moab, 240 bucks they spent mm. getting to Moab just to crew me. And like hearing things like that, it's just like, oh, my God, like 
I, you know, it kind of gives you, not that I, I'd ever thought that I would quit, like that never crossed my mind, but I guess it gives you that extra like, okay, you need to be like extra positive and not moan so much and just get on with it because these girls have, you know, come through hell to get to you. So, you know, make sure you pull your, your big girl pants up and just crack on. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was uh, it was good to get to that checkpoint and see you, Rob, and have a sleep and know that I was going to be in some company for the next uh, 51 miles where it would be a long stretch without having anyone by your side. And mm. Alicia, for you, I mean, are your legs hurting come mile 50, um, um, come the 100K mark? Because it's kind of mind-blowing when you hit a point where, like, maybe your legs are sore, you're feeling tired and fatigued, and then you realize, like, well, I have, like, a hundred and. 80 miles to go. <laughs> I tried not to think about how much further I had to go. Um, yeah. Every time I would think about that, I'd be like, nope, don't think about that. Just exactly. focus on the next, the next checkpoint, the next aid station. That's all you're going to think about is that next section. So coming in there, I think my legs felt decent. Um, I was a little tired, but I knew I wasn't going to sleep there. Um, my plan was, to maybe sleep around mile 120 at, at Shea Mountain. So I knew I was just, I was prepared to go through the night. Um, I was hungry. I did come in a little grumpy towards my boyfriend. Um, so I apologize for being grumpy towards him. Um, he set up but, like the most cool, he had like Christmas lights out there. Oh yeah. He brought the oh, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, he was taking care of my dog. He had the the um, yeah the little Christmas lights out so I could see where his truck was. He had my chair set up, so he did he did really good and had everything set up. So I think at that point I got a hamburger, shared it with my dog because she was just sitting there being so good. So I had to give her a piece. Um, but yeah, I was feeling pretty good at that point. Again, I changed my socks, kind of got pre- prepared to go for the night, and I knew again I was going to have another fifty miles before I got to see. Um, my boyfriend and the rest of my crew again. Cause at this point I was supposed to have a pacer from Indian Creek to Shea mountain. Um, but she ended up not being able to come due to work. Um, she actually said she contemplated quitting her job so she could come pace me. That's how mad she was. Wow. But I told her, don't quit your job. You have a good job. You can support me from home. I'll be fine. Um, I didn't know so, that. I, I couldn't read that off cause I, we happened to park like three cars down from you and I just stopped by to say hi. And you seemed again, like very calm and collected and not Mm -hmm. phased, which is typically a very good sign when you see that. Um, and you happen to be like one or two cars from the second female, I want to say. And then Lucia, I think was in, I think sixth place, seventh place at the time. Mm -hmm. So it's, it was cool to see the whole or most of the female, like leader, uh, like the, the field was parked within like 10 cars of each other. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that. Actually, I, I think I, now looking back, I do remember, yeah, there was a girl sitting like just close to me that I think was in front of me. So I think maybe that was part of it too. Cause I mean, I am a competitive person and I always want to do the best. And I was trying also to just be like, but you can only run your race. So I was kind of struggling with that a little bit, like just focus on yourself. Don't focus on what other people are doing, but also being like, oh, I need to get out of here really fast and get going. But you don't want to go too fast because you want to make sure you have everything. So 
there was this constant like battle in my head between those um, two things being, being fast and efficient, but also making sure you do take your time and you rest and you do what your body needs in a race this long. Um, Did you sleep yeah. yet? Had you no, slept I didn't. At all? I, uh-uh, I didn't sleep and I went through that next section. Um, I just took off by myself and actually I ran into another guy who was in front of me um, and we just kind of started walking together. He was struggling a little bit. His name was Robert and he was having some like plantar fascia issues. So his foot was hurting and he like hip flexor issues. So he couldn't run. He was frustrated because he was expecting to go like, you know, be moving a lot faster. Um, but I just got to him. And I was like, you know, Hey, my plan is just to power hike the whole night. I'm not even going to try and run. And we're just going to get through this night, get to the next aid station. Um, so we, we stuck together and it worked out. He, he did the whole thing. He finished, um, and he had no pacer, no crew whatsoever. So, you know, more power to him. Cause I, until you come out and do one of these things, I don't think people understand how hard it is to do without a pacer or crew when you're just alone. I mean, as you get spread out in this race, um, as the race goes on, there are like sections where you're just, you're totally by yourself. I mean, you can look on the, like people looking at home can look on the track and be like, Oh yeah, this person's, you know, right behind this person, this person's right in front of them. But when you're out there by yourself, you don't know that that person's like only a quarter mile ahead of you or half a mile behind you. You are just out there by yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's so we kind of, yeah. I mean, again, I think they should just like, you know, SEAL Team 6 needs to just have a recruitment center at the finish line. Like the mental strength it takes far exceeds the physical strength. And people are always so focused on uh, the distance, but they don't realize when you're out there alone, you're the only one that's going to push, you know, like, mm. but I, I do get the question all the time. Like I'm flying in from the UK or wherever they're from. Like, can I do this without crew, without pacers? And I'm always like, it's harder, but... If you team up with people, just like you did, Alicia, teaming mm -hmm. up with Robert, you essentially had pacers for each other, you know, like exactly. when, when you do that, it's, uh, it's part of the 200 mentality is like, just team up. And if you need mm -hmm. it, there's probably going to be someone within a quarter of a mile in front of you or behind you. So exactly. And I think just the conversation to like, you just instantly have that bond with that person. Like we, I don't know, we talked about everything, um, got pretty deep and, you know, I didn't even know what this person looked like. Cause we were in the dark. We just had our headlights. <laughs> so <laughs> I think finally, by the time the sun came up, we looked at each other like, Oh, Hey, so that's, so that's what you look like. Uh, <laughs> after we'd had these like yeah deep conversations all night long it was great that's, that's the weird thing with these things like you get to know people's like everything their deepest darkest secrets and you share so much with them they share so much with you and then you're likely that you're going to go off on your own way again at the end of the race and sometimes you stay friends and sometimes like it's just a passing thing but it's just so weird how much detail you share on these things. It must be the, the cloakness of darkness or something that makes you feel safe. And, yeah, I guess you're raw because you're, you know, you're so beaten down and, yeah, you're just vulnerable. So you're sharing everything. <laughs> it's quite mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. so, I know Rob and I shared some stuff that uh, we both agreed. We made a pact. We can't share anything we shared. 
<laughs> what was that? I, I missed you. I, I well, some of our conversations, you were like, oh, at the yes. end, right, this yeah. is this stays on the trail, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. our, 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 um, our conversations got deep. They were also real light. I mean, but we went through a, a lot over those 50 miles that I paced you. I, mm. I started off with like, okay, you know, we're going to, we're just going to hike out of um, mile 71 and we're going to do half a mile or a quarter of a mile just to get your legs back and moving, wake them back up after your nap. And then we hit the road section pretty shortly thereafter. I wanted to kind of go through the 101 of a trail nap with you because we did, we did two um, over the entire 50 miles, I believe, I'm trying to remember back. And yeah, the first so. time we, we tried it, it was on the side of the road. And the second time, like, it was after that. And some of this is in that YouTube video I just put out there. But do you want to walk the listener through, like, 101 trail naps, like the logic <laughs> of what we're even trying to do there? Because unless yeah. you've really experienced this, there's no book on this stuff. Well, no, no. There's, and it's, there's it's weird. There's chapters when you first... in mine that say how I screwed them up, but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> and when you first look, like I know from an outsider looking in before I did a 200 miler, it's like the thought of doing a trail nap for me, I'm not a camper. I don't, you know, I like hotels. I like comfortable beds. And the thought of having a trail nap, it's like there's no way I'm going to be able to sleep on a patch of dirt on the side of the road or on a trail. You know, I'm going to be scared about snakes or spiders or bugs getting in. It's going to be uncomfortable. But you get to that point where, you know, you're like sleepwalking, your eyes can't focus anymore and you're like all over the place and you're not really making mileage because you're walking side to side and you're not able to to focus enough to get a move on. So when it gets to that point, the trail nap is all about just trying to reset your body and, you know, it doesn't need to be that long. Um, some people were having three-minute trail naps. I think my shortest one was a seven-minute one. And the ones I had with you, I think, were 15 minutes. And it's just amazing how you can lay down on the side of the road in the dirt and just put your head down. And within a second, you're like out cold, just totally out cold. I think you said I was even snoring. Like within a couple of minutes, you're snoring. And then it's like someone taps you. It's like, right, time to get up. And you're up and your legs are functioning, your eyes are focused. And you just get moving as if you've just sat down at a checkpoint. And it's just phenomenal how much it resets your body and you feel great. Like a 15-minute nap is perfect. Um, and it really does just reset the body. I, I don't know what the magic is in that, but it's phenomenal. So you, you tried on the side of the road. Um, and the logic there was just like, we need to find a spot, which there were no like the side of that road was just right next to like bushes or these like tiny little shrubs that not going to have you sleep there, not going to have you sleep on the road. So we had one little opening and you lay down, we're going to just try like 10 minutes tops and a car flies by like yeah. and wakes you up. <laughs> and so I'm just like, all right, let's, let's keep pushing. And that's when you started like sleepwalking where your eyes were closed. Cause I, I had a camera on you. I could see <laughs> <laughs> and you were like somehow almost following the line and then you were like bobbing like two feet left and right which 
at first I just thought was funny, but then there were cars coming and you were (laughs) like veering into the road. And there was one time where I had to grab the back of your pack and like basically pull you to the side of the road because it it was just getting unsafe. So luckily we made it like two more miles and then we found an opening and I was on spider watch the whole time, by the way. Um, oh, thanks for that. <laughs> I had your back there, but you're, I was like, let's just see what happens. I'm like, take your pack off, use it as a pillow. And then you took out your puffy coat as like kind of a blanket to keep you warm, warm, which was great. And within, I would say two minutes you were snoring and it was so quiet it was like eerie i'm just out there like i had to turn my headlamp off for a minute and the hardest part is other runners come by and you want to say like hey how you doing and then you're like whatever you do don't wake up like i didn't say that (laughs) but if you wake up lucia i will trip you with my pole um And most, all the other runners, like, we're all courteous of each other because obviously you see, you know, you see bodies everywhere where you're out there on the <laughs> side of trails and you just, like, you just, like, nod knowingly and, oh. and just carry on. Like, there's no point saying, are you okay? Like, just keep going. They're just having a sleep. <laughs> yeah, and, and you got that 15 minutes in and, and you can see it in the YouTube show, like, or uh, film, like, it's night and day. <laughs> you yeah. you just come alive <laughs> again. Uh, but. Yep. I will just, I'll share one last thing. And that is like within maybe 10 miles of where you took that trail nap, someone was on the side of the trail without a headlamp on or anything, no pacers, um, doing a trail nap. And I literally, I almost stepped on them and it scared the (laughs) hell out of me. It was like, you don't, I, I've done four of these. Like jump back. I was like, holy (laughs) God, like I mean, you don't almost step on a a, a person uh, while you're out on the trails. So that was surprising because normally there's a pacer kind of giving you the heads up, and this person just passed out on the side of the trail. I almost stepped on them. Uh, yeah, their leg their legs were like sticking out on the trail, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So that was creepy. Um, Alicia, how yeah. was how were trail naps for you? Since we're on the topic, like, you have any uh, tips on how to do it because you yeah you mastered <laughs> it were, i think oh yeah they were great i mean i was kind of i was super intrigued going into this race to you know get to experience a trail nap because uh, previously i did big the bigfoot 200 course last year um and i didn't do any trail naps there so i think my first trail nap on this course was we were on that long section we had like two 13 mile sections of just road and it was nighttime and so it was after wind whistle whatever mileage that was 150 to 160 okay yeah and so after we left that one um we just kind of were walking and the sun i was like we're just waiting for the sun to come up so i was like oh my gosh i know once the sun comes up i'm gonna feel so much better and it got to be like you could kind of start to see it getting light ish um like you could see like better outlines of the mountains and stuff around and i was just dragging and i was looking at my watch and i was doing like i don't know 25 to 30 minute miles and i did that maybe for like four miles and finally i was like i can't wait for the sun to come up i told my pace at this point i had pacers uh i told my pacer nikki i was like i i need a nap 
And I threw my, she, she describes it this way. She goes, you said you need a nap. You threw your pack on the ground. You laid down. You said, don't let me sleep for more than five minutes. So she was like, okay. So she was timing it. And then she goes, and then after three minutes, you popped up and you started running again. She was like, it was the craziest thing ever. <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, it was like, as soon as I laid down, like, yeah, I was just out. Um, and then waking up, I, I, it's just amazing. You just have three this. minutes is short. That's really, yeah. Short. Seven yeah, minutes was I, my sweet spot. Seven. I don't know. No yeah. Lie. Three minutes was just perfect. And then like, I went from doing 30 minute miles to actually able to run and, um, doing more like a 12, 13 to 15 minute mile pace running a little bit. That's solid. Um, That's really solid at mile 150 or 160. <laughs> yeah. I just, I felt so good. I think, I mean, the sun had come up at that point too. So that helped. And this long road was kind of like, it was pretty flat. And then it got into like a nice, like gradual downhill that wasn't too steep. So I think everything was just working for me. So yeah, that, that section, that section was fun. I was mm-hmm. with a pacer there and we were playing like 90s dance tunes and we were literally dancing along the road I don't know I got some sort of high <laughs> came into that checkpoint just like I think we were dancing to staying alive chucking some moves and oh yeah I heard I heard a rumor about that yeah it's Amanda true. told me yeah um the the only the thing I'll I'll finish with here is just because you want to take a trail nap and you take a trail nap doesn't mean you'll reset so uh having done a few trail naps over the years, it's there's nothing worse or more frustrating than closing your eyes, sleeping for 10 minutes and you still can't focus your eyes and it didn't reset your body. Um, And that's when you need to think about longer periods of time, maybe at like an actual aid station or have your Mm -hmm. crews like sleep car ready. It's so, it's so frustrating because then just like Alicia was saying, like you're doing the, 25 30 minute mile and you just can't pull out of it and the distance to the next actual Mm. aid station is so far you can kind of get like trapped in a section um so just because you want to do a a reset map doesn't mean it's going to work all the time and sometimes it can actually be down to a trick so i have to tell you that for the entire race, I thought at um, Shea Mountain that I had had a two-hour sleep um, in the back of the car. I told Dion and I told my paces. I was like, right, I'm having two hours here. And Dion's like, no, just have an hour. I'm like, no, two hours. I was like adamant that I needed a two-hour sleep. So he got me into the back of the car and he was chatting to my paces and he's like, right. He told them to tell me what I wanted to hear. Tell me I've had a two-hour nap. Wake me up at 45 minutes. And that's what they did. They lied to me. I had 45 <laughs> minutes. And <laughs> I thought I'd had two hours. Until that's like, fascinating. That I should know. be a study, honestly. That's <laughs> really interesting. Yeah, but it obviously worked because in my head I'd had two hours. So, <laughs> Well, I had the opposite happen to me last time I did Moab. I said two hours. You got six three, three hours and 15 minutes later or something. Like, <laughs> what the hell, guys? Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Lying crew, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Um, with, with their weight in gold. <laughs> what, what was it like for both of you doing the first big climb? It's uh, you got to do it and then you drop down and then you find yourself at Shea. It's, it's a pretty intense yeah. first climb. It's, 
you're almost hitting the halfway point. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Lucia, uh, we can start with yeah. you. And then Alicia, I want to hear about your first climb mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. I mean, that was, oh, I think, cause you know, you just need to get over that climb and get up the next little one that you're, you're going to be at the checkpoint and you're going to have the full crew and everything going on. But that, that climb it's and it's not um like traditionally i think the the u.s trails are all very much switchbacks and this one reminded me more of like the the uk and the european trails where it just goes straight up (laughs) and there's like no even when you're trying to have a break halfway up you're still like stood on an angle like your calf muscles are straining and it's just a really long climb I mean we were going up there and our goal was to get to Shea before the sunset so that was kind of pushing us on and I think yeah Rob you kept telling me oh we're nearly there and it wasn't just there so you got mad I did get very mad you got mad on that climb and I was like oh we're almost there it's like 10 more minutes and then like yeah I was hoping you but forgot. I, <laughs> but I also, because there was nowhere to really hide there either. And I mean, sorry for the listeners, but I, I had the shits. I was, I had a um, serious case of diarrhea and I was, I'm needing to get to Shea Mountain because I needed to change my pads. I needed some Imodium and there was nowhere to go in the bushes. And there was like a couple of runners that you could kind of see like behind and ahead. So it was like, oh, I really need to go in the bushes. And yeah, my stomach was like cramping up and I was not having a fun time up that mountain in case you didn't notice, Rob. Um, That was probably a pretty low point at that point, um, trying to get to the top of that. Uh, We were... I didn't notice. I, you know... (laughs) I, I, I was well. <laughs> I was a quarter mile in front of you for a reason there on that climb. <laughs> yeah, out of reach. I couldn't swat you with my poles. <laughs> um, but it was really beautiful, I have to say. Um, just the the full leaves, and you know, we had pink leaves and red leaves and yellow leaves. So I did I did try and look around, and you know, you could smell the aspens as we sort of popped down the other side, and and had that dirt road that we were running down. Um, it was really beautiful, but geez, that was tough. <laughs> yeah. Alicia, how, yeah, was, that was, how was that climb for you? Uh, it was, it was hard. Uh, I was pretty much by myself for that entire section and it was, it was hot. It was hotter than I was used to. I don't know if it's just cause I'm, again, I'm from the Northwest where I'm just used to pretty mild temperatures. So that was hard. And I was worried about running out of water even though i had like three liters with me i was just moving so slow and i was also miles but it's more yeah. time on your feet than miles right yeah because and i was moving slow too um i was also tired because i hadn't slept at this point either um so when i started playing david goggins audiobook on my on my phone <laughs> just to help give me some inspiration to like just keep going um i think he was talking about running the bad water and he was at the, all the ultra marathoning parts in the book. So that was nice to have. Um, and just then you and Goggins out there. Just I love me and it. Goggins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah. Cause I really, I didn't see anybody forever. Um, and I knew I'm like, if I just keep going, that's my two pacers had just flown in. So they were there. My boyfriend was there. I was like, I just need to make it there. Um, and like Lucia was saying, it's just, you know, I, I'm used to climbing. I don't mind climbing, but we were climbing on rocks 
and the terrain was a little different than I'm used to. I'm used to more like being in the trees and this was just rock trail and it all kind of looked the same. And I ended up getting off trail a little bit. And I was like looking at my guy. I'm like, I'm on the line, but I'm going through these bushes. Like Candace wouldn't put like, no, this is a natural trail. She wouldn't make runners do this. And I'm still trying to follow the line, find the trail. And then I start freaking out a little bit. I'm usually pretty good at navigating, but I'm like, okay, no, you, you know what to do. You just, you can do it. Um, and then finally I heard another runner down below me. And so I looked down, there's a runner and I'm like yelling at him like, Hey, 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 like, is that the trail? And he takes out his earphones. He's like, yeah, the trails down here. So I'm like, okay. Wow. Had to like scramble down these rocks to try and find him. So, so I st- yeah, not to interrupt you, but yeah, that was like the most real uh, Instagram posts I've seen a long time on stories where I think you're in tears. Oh yeah. Um, it was, yeah. Like this, ex- that was a scary experience for you. Maybe I'll throw, throw in the audio of that right here for the listener. But I mean, <laughs> was that scary for you? I mean, what's, was it just um, an emotional like moment or what's going on? I just finished a really tough section. I was by myself most of the time. It was a really steep climb. And then I got lost. And normally I'm okay when I get lost, but I'm also pretty tired. And then I got worried. And I told myself, you'll figure it out, you can do it. And then finally I heard a runner come up behind me and uh, I just followed him the rest of the way. Oh God, just glad that's over. That's why I do it, because it's hard. Oh man, I'm impressed with myself (laughs) that I didn't have a choice, Um, but Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go take a nap. I think it was a little bit of everything. It was it was scary, um, but I'm used to going out on my own on adventures and navigating, and I've been lost a couple times before. So like, I knew I would find my way. I think I was also just really really tired at that point too. I was tired of being by myself. I was ready for my pacers. I was hot, <laughs> so there's just <laughs> a lot going on, and then. Yeah, so I just, I stayed behind that guy and then he was moving a little slower. He's like, oh, I'm moving too slow for you. I'm like, no, it's okay, I'll stay behind you. And then he stopped and like, he made me go in front of him. So I went in front of him and then I went the wrong way again and I looked back and like, I had missed a turn. So, and there goes that guy. So I stayed behind him again and then he's like, oh, you're behind me again. He's like, oh no, go ahead. I'm like, no, I'm staying with you. I don't care whatever pace you're going. I'm staying with you whenever you stop. I'm I'm stopping with you (laughs) because I am... I'm going to miss a turn. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, once we made it to the top, uh, that was like on the way down towards the aid station. That was when I made that video. Cause I was just like, Oh, I was so just relieved, emotionally spent. Um, just, I mean, yeah, it was, I think that was probably, I think that was like my lowest low. I think cause I was by myself and I was tired and I was just over it. But I told myself, this is why we sign up for these things because they're hard. And I was, I told myself, I'm very proud, proud of you, Alicia, for getting through that. You didn't really have a choice, but you did it. So um, it was, 
it was good. It was a lot. It was a lot of emotions. Like, Happy, sad, just everything. I, I've I've had a lot of respect for you, um, especially doing Bigfoot, like basically on your own uh, when they canceled the race last year. And I've, I'm just excited to have you on because that video, I don't think most people know how hard it is to actually uh, not share like when you're going through that, but just to record yourself going through that during a race like this is not easy. Like it takes kind of mm-hmm. next level mentality uh, to do that. And it was really cool. Um, Lucia impressed think- me once we made it to the top because uh, <sighs> we got down and I think she started smiling a little bit. I was like, was that as hard as UTMB? And you know, she's like, well, UTMB, you don't have 120 miles on your legs when you're doing climbs. <laughs> but we hit those, exactly. we hit those, the, the road down to the bottom where you start climbing to Shea. And to do this race, you have free miles. Those were free. You didn't have to pay anything. <laughs> if you have legs, you got to utilize them on free miles in this race. It's too long to hike the flats to like slightly downs, but I turned on music until my phone died and, you know, I was trying to get her to like get the leg turnover going. And every time I looked behind me, she was maybe 10 feet behind me and just kept chugging along until we um, started that last climb, making it to Shea before, you know, the The sun had set. Yeah. 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 No, that was good. And just sort of on what Alicia was saying about why we do these things. And it is that moment of, well, those moments, <laughs> let's make it mm-hmm. plural, of suffering that you you want to get to in a strange way. Like, you know, we don't do them because they're fun and you're, you know, you're dancing around to staying alive um, all the time. But there are those moments as well. But it is really you know, overcoming those down moments where, like you said, I'm really proud of you, Alicia. And I was like, I'm proud of myself as well. You know, and you, you look at yourself and you're like, you just ran 240 miles mm-hmm. through rocks and rain and sleet and just all these conditions and through the night. And who would have thought that, you know, we're so, so powerful to be able to do that. And yeah, it, it's getting to those moments and overcoming them. That really is the reason why we do these things is yeah. Just getting to that point. It's exciting <laughs> for sure. I was excited to see those sections in the daylight um, just because <laughs> I'd never experienced them mm-hmm. uh, actually seeing what's around me. It was it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's fast forward to road. Is it 46? I think it's around 165 miles into the mm-hmm. race. You're about to go into some major climbs. I mean, Alicia, where are you when you hit that section? You had taken a trail map. Mm-hmm. You made it. The sun's rising. Yeah. Uh, that's a beautiful section to be during sunrise. And oh, Yeah. Just tell me about that aid station and when you actually, are you going to sleep? Are you being told you're in third place? Like what's going on? Um, So at that section, that time I had slept, I had slept like before the 26 mile road section before road 46. So I slept for like an hour um, before that. And then once I got to that, the road 46, I was, I was really happy because my dad and my sister had, um, drove to come see me 
And that's where they met me for the first time. So I was super excited to get to see them. Um, my sister had made me some macaroons um, and she had bought me like, she bought me a hat um, so I or a present. So I got to open that when I saw her and it was a running hat that had pictures of turtles on it. So she was, and they had different, like a, like a really tired turtle or a turtle that was running. She goes, okay, so I got this hat for you because this turtle right here is like when you're happy running when you started, she said, this turtle right here is kind of where you're at now where you're like tired. Um, so I was like, oh, this is, oh, this is perfect. Um, so yeah, at that point I was feeling really good. I was just eating a lot. Um, got my feet kind of taped up by the medic just checked them my feet did really really well i had like maybe one teeny tiny little blister it didn't hurt um but the medic was concerned like all the runners were coming in with um like rashes on their feet it wasn't itchy or anything she thought maybe it was from the bushes so she kind of just fixed that up um i think at that i actually had a tiny bit of a rash on my feet you did too yeah it was was weird i didn't know what it was lucia did you have that I kind of had, yeah, a little bit of a rash, but a reddish. Yeah, my, or two. it was kind of yeah blotchy on the top of my feet and in yep. my ankles. But um, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, again. I don't, maybe that was from the mud early uh, on. Yeah, I don't know because uh, I mean it didn't itch or anything. I had it when I took off my shoes. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Doesn't itch. Yeah. Not itchy. The medic. Yeah. No. Yeah, the medic thought it was maybe from um, some of the little bush things we were running next to or by is what um, she thought perhaps, yeah. but. Who knows? It wasn't. It was a non-issue, and it's fine now. Um, yeah. Exoskin but, socks for you, Alicia. Like, did you change them again? Um. Yeah, I kind of went between my exoskin socks and then um, some another pair of socks that had a little bit more cushion. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like to switch between the two. Um, but and yeah, same so, type of shoe. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I wear Solomon. I got it. Solomon Ultra Glide. Uh, somebody had recommended it to me before the race, and I switched into those at mile one twenty. I think before that, I was running my Solomon Sense rides, um, and then after mile one twenty, I was in my Ultra Glides for the rest of the race. I didn't need to change them or anything. So, yeah, they were doing get, doing fine. So you get your your feet taped up. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about getting to uh, around two hundred miles. Uh, was that Pole Canyon? Is that 200 miles? Or is that after? Right. Uh, Horse Creek was 200. Yeah. 201 at Horse Creek. Yeah. Oh, so okay. That oh, was, so that was the oh. station <laughs> prior. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So getting to Pole Canyon was rough. We had the route. My pacer told me uh, it was just like, oh, just another mile to the aid station. Well, it was really like four miles because we had it wrong on our map and it took forever to get there. So See, I, got there I wasn't the only one, Lucia. No, no, you Sorry. weren't. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think I, I think I saw you at that point, Lucia, when we were coming down, and you were yeah. like, you were like, oh, are we, are we going the wrong way? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, because I didn't realize it was like an out and back, and then yeah, I saw you, and you were like, oh, it's like three miles. I'm like, oh god, three miles. <laughs> Yeah, that was, oh, I took a nap up there. I fell asleep with soup in my hands. Uh, Dangerous. But, <laughs> yeah, but I, it, I didn't spill it. I was pretty, pretty proud of myself. Uh, so I got recharged after that. And then that was when we were on the new snow route. 
which was miserable. Oh my gosh. It was like this old trail that probably hasn't been used in a long time. Um, just super, super rocky. And it was downhill forever on rocks mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and forever. Horrible. And then we would get to a section where it would kind of be like a road, but it wasn't really a road. It was like a washed out road. And then you'd be on these rocks. And then all of a sudden you get to a patch where there was sand and your feet were like, oh, this is great. But that patch of sand lasted for like three steps. And then you're back <laughs> on the stupid rocks. Those <laughs> rocks are awful. They're like spaced out every like six inches and they're big. No, yeah. these were like little ones. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't, you couldn't get your foot flat at any point on that downhill, except like you said, on the three steps of sand where you were like, oh, it's like a pillow. And then you were back on these shitty rocks where like your feet were just being mangled. <laughs> it was horrible. This, that yeah. was like right as, uh, it's like right around what mile, like 188 ish. Is that right? Or is this beyond there? It- yeah. No, that was, be- it was, yeah, it must be around there because it was before yeah. Horse Creek. And then, yeah. like, I normally love downhill running, but I got to the bottom of that. And that's where we were switching out pacers at the, there was an unmanned water station. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Candace had said that we could switch out pacers there. So my crew was there to switch out the pacers. And I got to the bottom of that and I just threw myself on the ground. It was like I am done. I need a nap. My my crew. I did the uh, same thing. I slept in the ditch there. (laughs) Yeah, I was so tired. And then I asked my next pacer. I'm like, just tell me we're going uphill. Just tell me we're going uphill. I only want to go uphill. And she's like, well, yeah, we got like seven miles of uphill, and it was yeah, it was straight uphill for like seven miles. A lot of snakes in that section. A lot oh my of snakes gosh. on that hill. Oh. Was there a yeah. barrel of uh, gummy bears at that water only? Like a barrel of gummy uh, bears? Or no? I didn't see any. There was, no. there was oh, a box of snacks. You guys missed snacks, out. But, yeah. No, no I, I, snacks, yeah. I switched out a pacer there as well, and I was the same. I just got to the bottom, and I'm like, I'm done. Like, I, I need to sleep. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm really over it. <laughs> oh god and we were actually dying on the way down and luckily we I'd had a little trail nap along the way as well I had like a nine minute trail nap but it was so cold at that point that trail naps were were really hard so I had to put on the emergency bivy and have a a nine minute trail nap but my pacer Emily woke me up to say oh look there's someone coming I think we should hook up with them and it was the best idea it was actually a guy called John who I'd been leapfrogging since um mile 11 (laughs) And we leapfrogged the whole way to the finish. But um, catching up with him actually just gave us a little bit more life and it it actually helped him as well because I remember looking at his face and he was talking and he couldn't form his words together. He looked like he was having a stroke at that point. But then spending 10 minutes with us and we all kind of livened up a bit together. So we Mm. kind of, yeah, battled through. So it was good to have like a group of four of us um, battling through that section. But, yeah, it was horrible. From mile, let's call it 203 or something, down to 223, our – the most free miles you get in this race, because the grade is just like, if you can just turn your leg over, you're mm-hmm. going to fall forward like four <laughs> miles an hour. Yes. Tell me about how that went for you, Lucia. And then Alicia, I want to hear if you were able to like bank those miles. Yeah. Well, leaving Horse Creek, I was freezing. Um, it was 
it was uh, daybreak, yeah, so the sun had risen, had just risen, so um, it was really like the coldest time of the day. And I hadn't realised that the rerouted reroute was actually going to be on the road the whole way. So I was really disappointed because I had Kate join me and I was like, oh, we're going to pop down the road and then we're going to go up through like this cow shit alley up this trail and it'll be really pretty. And then we were like stuck on the road. So that was a little frustrating. Um, But as soon as we got to the top and then you could see like the gradient down, yeah, I got a a little jog on again and, you know, we were doing like, I don't know, 13, 15 minute miles, just, you know, casually jogging down the road. And it was literally every time it was flat or slightly downhill. uh, Like you said, I was using those free miles and yeah, I passed a couple of people on that section as well, um, which was fantastic. And I think at that point, you can actually start to smell the finish line. <laughs> it's like... Like literally. The, yeah, we are <laughs> so close. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know, we've got like a marathon to go. Like, come on, we can do this. And I think at that point is the point that you actually start to visualize the finish line. Like there's no point, like Alicia said earlier, you can't think of the finish line. You're thinking checkpoint to checkpoint. But once you leave Horse Creek, you're like, actually, we can think about the finish line now. So Mm -hmm. I think that really just gives you another boost of, yeah, some sort of your hundredth wind for the the race. Were you thinking about racing? Because I kept telling you, like, if you're going to even think about the race, like you got to be 200 miles in. Yeah. Were, yeah you, were you thinking about what position you're in at that point? At that point, yes, that had become, um, I think they told me I was, I don't know if I was sixth or something female at that point. So, um, yeah, that's when it was like, okay, we need to hang on to this. And, you know, no, I'm not going to catch up to the next female, but, um, but it must have been in fifth because I didn't pass anyone else. So, yeah, it was like hanging on to that and, yeah, it did become about racing at that point a little bit as well. Um, you know, I didn't want anyone to pass me and I just wanted to see if we could pass as many people as possible. And, yeah, that all became about doing it as quickly as possible. So, yeah, absolutely. And getting that time goal, um, which was, yeah, a goal then when it wasn't a goal previously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so that, that section for me, I was – really looking forward to being able to like run a little bit, but I would try and I got this like pain in the front of my ankle, um, right. Uh, like along my tib anterior tendon, Mm -hmm. which is that muscle Mm -hmm. in the front that pulls, it pulls your foot up is what that muscle does. And I think what had happened is I just really made that muscle mad going downhill really fast on those rocks and using my right ankle to support. Um, so it like it was the kind of pain that was like I call it like a maybe a six seven out of ten pain it's definitely like sharp it's like something I couldn't run on so I was kind of stuck just hobbling a little bit to figure out how to walk so it wouldn't bother me yikes thankfully thankfully my I mean I'm a I'm a physical therapist assistant and my pacer is all she's a doctor of physical therapy as well so I was talking to her about it I'm like what do you think it could be like can you check it out so like we sat on the road for a bit and she like, you know, assessed my ankle, did some joint mobs um, to try and fix it a little bit in the middle of the road at like, I don't know, 3 a.m. And it kind of helped, but it was just the downhill was hard on it. That kind of eccentric muscle contraction. It was not happy. So that was really frustrating for me because I couldn't 
run yeah, or even shuffle. Yeah. All I could do was just keep moving, um, walking, hiking fast. And I could hike at like, you know, a 16, 17 minute pace at that point. So it's like, well, just kind of keep moving. Um, just keep moving forward. That's, you know, you'll, you'll get there and maintain that pace. Um, and at, at that point too, we had ran into somebody else camp behind us. His name was, uh, Scott Jenkins. And, oh, yeah, Scott. Uh, oh, nice he Scott. was, oh, he was great. And I mean, we were both, our numbers, I was 98, he was 99. Cause our last name was wondering the same. About that, honestly. Yeah, so yeah, we ran together for a little bit and he was telling me stories about from when he did Moab before and he had some great stories. Um, and then we're like, and he's telling me about my last name too. He's like, Oh yeah, it's a, very common in Wales. It's kind of like <laughs> Smith in the US. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. And so then we stopped and we took like a Jenkins picture together. <laughs> You're um, finding relatives uh, <laughs> yeah, was, on the trail. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was it was amazing. He was he was great. He was just a breath of fresh air and just like what I needed at that point. Um did this ankle yeah, so that, thing fix itself? Like um were you able it, to either sleep or like I don't know, you know, hydration sometimes can affect the whole chain of muscles and Yeah, I, I just just keeping moving and then when I got to the next aid station, uh my pacer, she had some KT tapes so we were talking about I'm like, well maybe if you just like yeah. let's try some KT tape just to, to support it, you know, to just so I don't have to use it as much. Um and I kind of I could tell it was definitely like a muscle thing cuz it would kind of go away but then it would kind of like have the sharp pain. So it was just very, very sensitive. Uh, and so that's kind of how it was the rest of the time. And I knew that at that point that I was in third place and my friends were texting me how far ahead of the fourth place person I was. So I kind of had an idea that as long as I just kept moving at the p- pace I was moving at, I should be okay unless, you know, the person behind me speeds up. And, you know, at that point, if she did, great. Couldn't you know do what? Anything. Yeah. yeah, a good, good job. Like that's amazing that you could speed up and catch me. You go, you go get it. You know, I was totally okay if that happened because, I mean, yeah, getting being able to get third, get a podium spot was amazing. But really, Bill's Nicole just finish is finishing this thing. Anybody that finishes it is, I mean, yeah, deserves all the accolades. It is not an easy feat. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, it's <laughs> it's pretty flat. I mean, look at the profile. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I guess compared to some other ones, yeah, it's right. It's also stre- <laughs> it's stretched out 240 miles. That course profile, it's deceiving. Yeah. Watch out for that. Yes. Um, and so, Lucia, how was the last? I think it's a 16 mile stretch in. You were just chugging along. I was not obsessively watching your spot tracker like every three minutes. Um. <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough though. I um I had to change I changed my shoes out at that last at Porcupine Rim um, into road shoes, the Hocker Cliftons, because my feet were just like so smashed up just from the impact. I think of the rocks, and um, I'd been wearing the ultra temps the whole way, so I guess they're pretty low profile as well. So my feet just felt like I was running on razor blades, and that someone had taken like a hammer to them for the last, um, you know, fifty hours or so. So they were in excruciating pain, and I literally I, I grabbed I think three or four Tylenol and just shoved them down my throat. They didn't, they didn't go numb at all. 
were they were kind of numb but not I could still feel the searing pain so and like Amanda my pacer at that point she was like she could just see it in my face and but I just downed that Tylenol and I was like right we need to get this shit done because I I cannot stand on my feet for much longer like this pain is killing me and it was a bit like I mean Helgi Olofsson had said it to me about doing uh, Moab in a previous year and he'd said he he literally had grabbed a stick of wood and stuck it between his teeth and finished the race and I was I was virtually doing that I didn't have the stick of wood between my teeth but that's what it felt like it was just like right just take the pain the sooner we're done the sooner you can get off your feet so we just we were like getting a jog on down the hill we we passed someone which was great we had so many mountain bikers to deal with though I think we had about a hundred mountain bikers on that course and they're like flying oh through there. And, you know, I, at that point, I can't move very quickly. You know, like my reactions aren't great. So if I could hear a mountain biker, I'd just like stop still. I'm just like, they have to go around me. I cannot get that's out of the a, way. <laughs> that takes you out of flow immediately. I will throw yeah. it out there that I think Helgi might have been in a little bit more pain than you, having possibly yeah. heard that story. But um, we'll save yeah. that for another day. Um, <laughs> but it got... It got really, like the storm was coming in. Um, luckily, like we finished before any of the bad weather, but it was super windy through there. And for some reason, the sun like came blaring out and I didn't have a hat. I hadn't put sunscreen on. I had long sleeve top on and it was just getting really hot. And I think it was probably two miles before we hit the road um, that I, I said to Amanda, I've got to stop. I've got to take some clothes off like I'm cooking. So we did that. And we hammered it down to the bottom where Dion and Kate and Emily were waiting. And they told me another lie at that point. So they were like, okay, there's two girls um, chasing you and they're catching you up. And <laughs> and in the end, they finished two and a half hours behind me. But they knew that if they told, well, they told Amanda that first. And Amanda's like super competitive. And she's like, right, they're not catching us. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> We ran the next three miles on the road with her like looking over her shoulder every like two seconds and we were just, we were running that whole last section which was just torture but I knew we were getting closer to the finish and just as we came at the RV park, you know, as you go under the bridge and Dion had sent Emily up to say we had four minutes to make it uh, to be sub 83 and as soon as Emily left, I like I said to Amanda, I'm like, freaking Dion and his time goals I don't even care but even though I do care like it's so stupid I always like to blame it on Dion but you know of course that made us run faster because it's like well I don't want to finish in 83.01 I want to finish before and yet we actually managed to then cross the line at 82.57 I think I haven't checked the official time but I think that was the time so it was like okay we got it done that's, I'll I'll never forget. I was right at that point where you're like dropping down to hit the road, and like Matt Daniels looks over and he's like, "Dude, I think you can go. You can get in the top twenty right now if you uh like really hammer it." And we pass one person, and I look at him. I'm like, "I got one more piece of caffeine gum," and he's like, "Take, <laughs> Take it." it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh, Alicia, yeah. how was the mm -hmm. finish line? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, that was, that porcupine room is a beautiful, beautiful section. Uh, I'd like to go back there when I'm not super tired and enjoy it a little bit more. I mean, I did enjoy it, but I was also just 
over the rocks at that point. Um, yeah, me too. Those views were hot yeah. out of this world. <laughs> they were, oh, it was, it was beautiful. My boyfriend who was pacing at that point was just happy in front, like just, oh, this is so great, beautiful, <laughs> all these things. Um, but I was struggling to eat at the end. My throat was super, um, it just hurt. I think from the gels I had, I don't know, like a, I don't know what it would be called, like a blister or something on my my uvula, the little hangy, dangly thing in your throat. Um, the dust so it was too like, and everything. Yeah, it was like bloody, and oh. I just couldn't eat anything. Um, so, but um, yeah, making it to the road, I was just so happy to finally make it to the road. It felt like it took forever to get to the road. It's like you would see where you need to go, and they're like, "Oh, let's take you and go along this turn all the way over here, and then turn you this way, and then squiggle you here, and then you can get to the road." Um, and I just kept kind of checking my phone too to see when I would have service um, because we were in a canyon, so there's no service there. Um, but there's a sharp turn to- too; you can get lost uh, just yeah. within that like five miles or within mm-hmm. like two miles of the road. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So finally, finally made the road and, um, I knew it was super close. So I just kind of started, you know, I tried to jog a little bit, but my, my, I don't know, my foot really wasn't having it and I could just power hike faster than I could run at that point. Um, so just power hiking. And then I pulled out my phone cause I needed some inspiration when I got service. And so I could just like, my phone had been on airplane mode the entire time. So I turned it off and like, I was, my phone was flooded with messages from people like saying, good job. You're doing so good. Oh my gosh. You're in like 20th overall, like so proud of you. So that was all I needed to just kind of motivate me to just keep going. And, um, uh, there's just nothing like turning that corner. You go under the bridge, oh, turn yeah. the corner and you can see like the RV park. And I could hear my dad and my sister and my two pacers, Nikki and Corinne just cheering for me. And so at that point, like, I'm like, okay, I can run, like, whatever. I don't feel any pain anymore. I don't feel anything <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to run to that finish line. So I'm running there and like, almost, that's when I like almost start crying, you know, like right there. But then I'm like, no, it's okay. Don't, don't cry. You don't just hold it in. So yeah. And then running around the corner, my sister had my dog, uh, Lola, who like, they text me like, is Lola allowed to run through the finish? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Just, I want to run oh, through the finish. Yes. <laughs> but, but I wasn't sure. So I was like, oh no, I don't want to get disqualified. So you guys just keep her. So she was running next to me. My dad, I think, took a video of my sister running next to me with my dog who was like, she's a pit bull. So she's very strong. She's like ganking my sister, like trying to get to me. Like, oh my gosh, we're running in, we're finishing. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, that finish line, like, I don't know, there's just nothing, nothing like it. Um, just being done and getting a hug from, um, Crystal, um, who I think all my friends had been like messaging her saying, okay, give her, give her the biggest hug of, from everybody in in Bellingham. And she works so so, hard. (laughs) She does. (laughs) Cowbells had never sound better. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yep. Lucia, how was your finish line? It sounds like a double oh. double dog finish or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that was one of my things that I'd said to everyone beforehand. I wanted 
all the crew to cross with me. And I'm sorry you couldn't be there, Rob. You had to go back to work. But we had um, the three girls and Gobi had to cross the finish line with me. Gobi, of course, nearly tripped us all up. Um, I saw that. <laughs> it's like, ah, I've got to trip over you Gobi. cleaned it and off then, well. Yeah. And, yeah, that was just amazing to cross the line all together and, and share that moment. And like you said, Alicia, just getting some hugs and knowing that you didn't have to to run anymore um, was just fantastic. And to know that you'd done it, uh, for me, I, it smashed my goal. I thought I'd do 85 to 90 hours. And like I said, it was sub 83. So I was like super, super chuffed. And I was so excited to finish in the daytime. I'd already been planning in that last section, like in the last two sections, I was like, if we get in before dark, like we're going straight to the pub. So as soon as Dion said, right, what do you want to do now? Do you want to go home or do you want some food here? And I'm like, let's go to Woody's. <laughs> so <laughs> all of us packed in the car and we went off to Woody's and I crawled in there still in my race kit. And I was like, I needed Dion and I think Amanda were holding me on my elbows because, <laughs> of course, once you finish, you can't move anymore. So I like hobbled my way in. <laughs> it's like weekend at <laughs> <And> Bernie's. We, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, Weekend so half an hour after finishing, we were sat in Woody's having a beer and already talking about what's the next adventure. Like, everyone had such a great time crewing and pacing and we were like, we've got to do this again. So, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how quickly the even the pain, even though you're still feeling the pain, it's kind of like you're already excited to to think about what on earth is going to be next. But I was super proud to say I was in Woody's half an hour after finishing. <laughs> that was the happiest FaceTime call I've gotten basically ever. That was really, that was cool to have a virtual like cheers there with the team. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, we couldn't let you miss out. It was like, oh, we're missing Rob. So we have to FaceTime him. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thankful to have had the opportunity. Chrissy watching the kids for three days there, like... That was just awesome, oh, and I can't help myself. I get equally as excited helping people finish that race at this point. Like it, you know, it's just so exciting to see people like going after a lifetime achievement, like you both did. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. So, I will have a lot of very disappointed listeners if we don't hit one topic real quick, and then we can end this. I need to hear about hallucination stories. Lucia, did Michael Jackson make a comeback? <laughs> Was this the comeback tour or whatever they call that? Um, no. In the LaSalle's, who did you see out there? What concert? No, um, no concerts, no celebrities, no animals. I think the only time I had a hallucination was just before um, Wind Whistle and the sun was coming up and we'd been talking about that Mormon camp that's like built into the rocks there. So we were like looking for that because you told Amanda about it and there's a documentary on it. So we were like watching for that. And that was the only time because then I looked up at the rocks and I said to Amanda, oh, look, up in the mountain there, there's like this, um, it looked like a coliseum, like a church kind of thing, grow like being carved into the mountain. And she's like, where are you looking? She's like, I I don't see anything. And I've like looked at her. I'm like, there is no carving, is there? Wow. <laughs> and I think, I think that was the only time. And I think because in Bigfoot I had huge hallucinations for the last two days and two nights. But I think because I had paces with me, I think my mind was being kept um, 
activated. So I didn't actually have them this time well, apart heard, from that one. I heard about so, woolly mammoths. That's the only other one I'll mention. Oh, yeah. There were some rocks that looked like woolly mammoths that were like out of some cartoon. I don't know if that's the Lion <laughs> like King. Flintstones or, 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 oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but they were they were super friendly. So, so you had okay. a good race. They they were friendly. They <laughs> yeah. let they let me pet them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, mentally, I had a a really good race in terms of that. So Gosh. yeah, they were friendly. <laughs> cut to cut to like a video of her petting a rock. <laughs> like, uh, Stranger okay. things have happened. <laughs> Alicia, you have to have some really good ones. Uh, I, you went this through race, a lot. I saw, so I think it was right before, oh gosh, I don't even know what age station it was, Dry Valley maybe, when I was, like before I was going to take my first sleep. Yeah. That. And I was just struggling to follow my pacer. But I looked over to the left and I saw this, uh, it was like a Arctic wolf. I, and I mean, uh, it was so real but it wasn't scary i was like oh pretty you know that's that's kind of cool but and then it just and then it completely disappeared and i didn't tell my pacer either because i was like i just i don't want her to make me stop i want to just keep going until i get to the car because i was so tired so i don't even think she knows that one because i didn't tell her about it um <laughs> i mean you get and, a you get to a point where you can't even process what you're seeing so it's like yeah, yeah. that was super weird i can't even like go down that like I, I don't even know what just happened yeah it was and i'm like i'm in the desert but i'm seeing in like an arctic like fox or wolf or something in the <laughs> desert um and then like later on in the race like all the little like uh white marks on the rocks and on the ground those were just turned into the coolest like um but what are they called like pictoglyphs yeah, I think. it's common. Uh, yeah. It's very common. Yeah. yeah. So that's so that's what I was seeing. I was like, "Wow, those are amazing!" Like, I wonder how long those have been here. What Native Americans <laughs> made those? Yeah. And my pacers are like, "No, that's nothing. That's just like a blob <laughs> on a rock." <laughs> You're like contact Nat Geo. Like we've made a major yeah, discovery. Like, a discovery. <laughs> discovery. Like this is amazing. You need to come to this spot. But there's another racer who is come up to me he's like are you seeing things in those two i'm like yeah he's like what are you seeing i'm seeing this and so we had this whole conversation of like what he was seeing versus what i was seeing i think i was seeing a bunch of owls and he was seeing like cars um i think but, the arctic wolf yeah. is like your spirit animal coming to you like maybe it is right like harry potter style i can see it. i don't know <laughs> i hope that doesn't mean i have to run somewhere cold i don't like being super cold I think but that's, that's a sign <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see anything when you're entering the city, like at the very end? That's in previous years. In 18, I had some weird. I was just like I, I had not slept much at all, and uh, had trouble dealing with like seeing, like seeing and hearing things. Like, mm. and that actually, Lucia, that's what we talked about out there. That there's audio hallucinations. And we were talking about smell hallucinations. If smell, yeah. if you could have a smell hallucination, because you have audio, you have mm -hmm. visual, but then like we had that kind of mind blowing moment where I think we were joking about it, but I don't, I can't remember if it actually happened. Yeah. Well, I thought 
Yeah, because I was like, can you smell that? It was the aspens, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they were real smells. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. can't confirm that. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You guys crushed it. You know, congratulations, Alicia, female third place, and Lucia, fifth place. Like, you guys absolutely crushed it. And I mean, it just sounds like you both had experiences that you'll take with you the rest of your life, regardless if you do Moab 240 again every year the rest of your life. So, like, it sounds like this was one where you'll remember it forever. And just huge congrats. Like, I'm very inspired by both of you. Um, I'll start with Alicia. Where can we follow you for social media and coaching? And then same with you, Lucia. Um, I'm on Instagram as Leisha24. Um, and you can actually, and then you can go to my coaching website through there, or you can just go to the Team Run Run coaching website and find me on there. There's also a lot of other amazing coaches on that website as well. Cool. Um, and then also Facebook, just Alicia Jenkins. I'm going to start Team Hike Hike, more like <laughs> middle awesome. of the middle of the pack stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lucia, where can we follow you on social and for coaching? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as Running Dutchie. And, yeah, I do coaching through a um, platform called Girls Run the World, which isn't just for girls, but it is focused very much on getting women into trail and ultra. So cool. very excited to see if we can get some more women, getting them coached up, ready to run 200 miles and rocking it. I love it. But really appreciate both your time today and congrats again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that was episode 192. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to Alicia and Lucia for taking so much of their time. And just big congrats. They had great races. And regardless of what place they took, I mean, these are lifetime achievement type races that they'll always remember. So big congrats to them. Big thank you to you Patreon supporters. You guys make this all work. I really enjoy the closed Facebook group conversations. You get sneak peeks before the episodes are released. And those are without commercials. And just generally, we're putting together a Patreon first hat. So we're going to put together a trucker hat and some other things. So you guys already know. But I just really appreciate you guys. You make this all work. And big thank you again to Exoskin. Tannery Outdoors, and the John Wayne Cancer Foundation, their grit series. Most importantly, don't forget to enjoy your training. See you soon.